Welcome to the NFP Adventure Road Trip Podcast. My name is Clayton, and I am joined by two of my closest friends, Taylor and Julia. We partnered with NFP, and we are on a cross-country road trip where we were tasked to explore what is on the minds of the future workforce. Every one of us holds this uncertainty with the next phase of our lives, and we are discovering how our generation perceives this next chapter. This podcast is directed at students, but it is also directed to employers. NFP is an industry-leading insurance broker and consultant that provides employee benefits, property and casualty, retirement and individual private client solutions through their licensed subsidiaries and affiliates. They are changing the landscape of this industry, which is one of the many reasons why we were so excited to partner with them. They have taught us about their initiatives to adapt to the changing work environment, inspire innovation across different areas in order to establish themselves as thought leaders. It has been an inspiring experience for us, which we know will reflect in the content of this podcast for you. Oftentimes, we don't expect companies to extend an arm and start a conversation like this, so we are very lucky. We have seen what they are doing to hire more actively for diversity and inclusion because a diverse workforce is imperative to true innovation and progress. With this foundation, we are stopping at colleges and universities along the way as we drive coast to coast interviewing students. Taylor, our seasoned journeyman and master storyteller, will highlight the best and sometimes worst moments of this journey through his tales of the road trip. Before we get started, let us give you the game plan. Each episode begins with an introduction outlining what to expect from the interview. Before we play the interview, Taylor and I will give some of the key takeaways from the conversation and what to expect. Once we play the interview, we'll follow it up with some additional insights and conversation around the interview. And finally, Taylor will wrap it up with his adventure tale, where you are sure to feel like you yourself are in the car experiencing this journey with us. We want to thank NFP for their role in making this adventure come to life. And with that, the NFP Adventure Road Trip Podcast. Episode two, where we are at UMKC, University of Missouri, Kansas City, with Tariq and Fatima, two medical students here who go into family service and life experiences as their topics. We loved hearing from these medical students because there are so many parallels between the conversations that Julia, Taylor, and myself have with other business students and the decisions that we're making because we realize that we are all just students just trying to figure it out. And you get to hear a lot of that behind their stories that they tell us. And they are two incredible students. And Taylor is going to tell you all about our experience almost running out of gas in Utah and being midnight having to call OnStar and it's hysterical. But before we do that, let's dive into the interview and listen to these two students tell their story and give their perspective. And then we will go through a short mentorship segment with a graduate program alumni at this university. Her name is Sarah. And she is going to give us some interesting things to think about when it comes to post-grad and some of the things that she's learned recently that she's applied that are extremely interesting. So stay tuned. It's a great episode. You're going to love it. And following this, I hope you have a great weekend. So I'm here with Tariq and Fatima, 
So let's start off by telling us a little bit about your background, why you chose medicine, what in your lives led you to choose medicine, and what do you expect to get from your future careers? Um, my name is Tariq Saeed. I am a second year at UMKC. I'm majoring in biology and I'm a part of the UMKC six-year MD program, which is six years guaranteed bachelor's in medical degree. Hopefully in the future, you know, I'll have my MD and I'll be working as a resident in a hospital, hopefully academics. For me, it's like always been in my environment to become a doctor. Both my parents are doctors. My brother's been uh, aiming towards becoming a doctor for a while. My sister married someone in medical school. My other sister married a uh, current resident. And so it's been around me for a long time, but I didn't really want to do it for a while because I felt like I'd just be following uh, the path that my family set out for me. And I didn't really want to do that. Like initially, I wanted to become an English or a math professor. Uh, and then at some point, I think, I think the biggest thing that happened to me was my grandpa started getting a lot more sick. Uh, I started visiting him and that was kind of like um, a reality check. But I think the biggest event was on a sports trip, like one of my friends had uh, diabetes and we were like having this long tournament uh, all day playing in a league. And at the end of the day, we were like headed back to DC to get some food and get some sleep. And his like blood glucose level just dropped he was like super low. He started panicking. He ate as many snacks as he could. So he kept like spiking up. But since it was like just snacks and it wasn't any like bread or anything like that, it kept dropping. And so he was like panicking the entire time. And we eventually like got back to the restaurant and got him some like real food. But that was like two hours of waiting. And so it was like kind of freaking me out that I, I didn't know how I could help him or help anyone in that situation. I ended up calling my dad because I knew he had like a lot of you know, knowledge in that area. And so he helped out a bit. I think like in that situation, if I knew more, if I could have helped him, that was really the moment that I realized, you know, I, I didn't just want to be a doctor. I, I needed to be. I can't, I don't, I don't like the feeling of being helpless. Uh. My name is Fatima Abu Hamda. I am a junior at UKC. I am pre-dental right now. So I'm doing a chemistry bachelor's obviously after school hoping to go work in a dental office. I've always was I was always interested in the healthcare route of things. Growing up obviously as a woman I'm going to be a mother, so being a doctor wasn't a, a smart approach for me just because of all the you know calling at night and the long shifts. So dentistry was more convenient choice for me. Good hours, school is also tough, but still science-based, like I was interested in, still health-related, and I'm still helping people. That's one thing that I really wanted, especially um, after living overseas and seeing they don't really, that's not something that's stressed to them, their oral health and that kind of stuff. So realizing how important oral health is made me want to pursue that career. I lived in Gaza, Palestine for around four years. I was here before that, so I was I went there third grade, so first grade, second grade, and as a kid I was going to the dentist often, always getting my teeth checked, getting my cavities uh, filled or uh, taken out, and then going over there realizing, oh, I have to take care of my own teeth because I'm not going to be going to the dentist, and then going to school and seeing all these, my classmates, their teeth weren't the best, or people, when I grew a little older, had braces on, but they would have them on for five, six years. It was just mind-blowing to me how different it is. So who do you want to work for ideally? Is it a hospital? Is it academia? Is it a private practice? What area, if it is academia, what area of research are you interested in? And 
tell us a little bit about that. For me, I I narrowed down the I knew I wanted healthcare, but I didn't know where exactly in healthcare. So I shadowed. I shadowed a, a doctor, a dentist. Um, I there's this program at UMKC in the summer um, that you are able to experience what a nurse goes through, what a pharmacist goes through, and a dentist, and their, what are their classes are like, what they'll be doing generally, and that's when I decided dentistry. But you know, I, I feel like I had an opportunity just because there was that program. But if there's not no such thing, best opportunity is to shadow. Also, when I was in high school, I liked calculus a lot, so I thought maybe I can do engineering. I did, I did shadow an engineer at Black and Beach, I believe, and made sure it wasn't an option I wanted to go. I don't know whether I'm interested in like a big state hospital or like academics. I think academics interests me a lot just because I've always been, you know, my dad's always pushed in this idea of like furthering education because he never really got education as a kid. He had to sort of earn it, um, whereas we have like the option to. Um, so I think academics would be a big one, although I know like with academics, you suddenly have a much lower like paycheck, which is, while like not the most important reason to going for into going into a job, but it's definitely a reality, a realistic one uh, that you definitely have to keep in check. Is there a certain area of research that you're interested in at the moment? Um, you, yeah, I'm currently research? so I'm currently with uh, a mentor doing qualitative improvement, which is it's. So a lot of people like hear about medical research, it's like bench work and clinical statistic analysis. Uh, qualitative, qualitative improvement is like the third one, where instead of like analyzing statistics or you know doing chemical work all day, we're interviewing surgeons, interviewing like doctors and other team members of the hospital, trying to figure out where we can improve on the quality of patient care. Um, and I think it's like one of the biggest leading researcher, research um, ideas. So specifically what we're working on, since uh, my mentor is a surgeon, we're working on improving surgical mistakes. How, how to make it so that we're making sure that everything that happens in a surgery, we've controlled the variables essentially. So what excites you most and scares you most about your career? The scary part is definitely... Um, just the whole process of I have to impress, I have to compete, I have to get in. But um, it just, and also once you're in all the, the crazy amount of credit hours per semester is the scary part. But at the end of the day, it's four years and I will be doing something I've always wanted to do. I will be helping, I will be putting work out, positive energy out there. Um, it's, a, it's a nice feeling, so it's worth it. Um, for me, I guess, so shadowing is a huge part of it. You know, I shadowed a hospitalist for about a month um, and he like led me on to other doctors to shadow. So I learned like patient care was something that I kind of liked and enjoyed. Um, I'd say the biggest thing for me is just like, you know, you, you just at some points you just have to live your life. You have to put in as much effort where you know you'll get some return back and uh, you can't really just you know, get, use like the fact that you don't know what you want to do in life as as an excuse that you shouldn't, you're not really putting in all your work. Um, and then I guess if you want like one more thing that you could do is just try to find like hobbies that you really enjoy, you know, 
try to find try to pick up books try to you know cut down on the time that you're just like binge watching or something instead like try to do something that you find more meaning into so the thing that scares me the most this is actually what I talked about in my admissions uh, essay is having to be responsible for you know a patient that you really you don't know what went wrong um, and doctors have to do that all the time and some doctors have to do it more so than others and there's a whole ton of legal issues that come up with that but that's not really the most difficult part I think the most difficult part is you know trying to at some point the doctor himself who's a good doctor or herself um, has to like analyze every single thing that they did with that patient and think back like is there something that I could have done that would have changed that and that that really scares me because I have no idea how anyone how I'm going to hopefully have to deal with that um, and but the most exciting thing is being able to help people that otherwise if I had not been there wouldn't have been helped. Wow. Listening to them was incredible, especially when I think it was Tariq and even Fatima pointed out the fact that they are doing something so that they can help someone and Tariq specifically pointed out a time when he said, I needed to be able to do something and I felt helpless. And specifically, I don't like the feeling of being helpless and none of us do. And what was interesting was how he was able to pull out a purpose and something that he had no control over and decided to make a career out of being able to never be in that position again and decide to have an active role in overcoming this situation that he can now contribute to and add value to. And whether or not that's how you chose to pursue your career, it, if you haven't chosen what you've done, maybe that's something that you can do. What What is something that you'd like to be able to have control and be able to serve in a situation where you don't want to feel helpless? And when have you wanted to be able to do something and not been able to? Maybe that's when you should think about, maybe I should get skills in this area. Yeah, and going off that a little bit, Fatima mentioned, you know, planning her future around a family and being a mother. She said that's very important to her. And what she wants to do is have some sort of career that fits that lifestyle where she's not working late hours at night, where she works regular hours during the day, has time uh, to spend with her kids and family all together. And I think that's something that I really like that she was already trying to plan for. I mean, she is only in college and she is considering these things for later down the road. And I really liked what she had to say about that. Also, she mentioned shadowing. I think as business students, we don't really think about shadowing that much. We think in terms of internships because we're always thinking about doing things. We're always like, oh, we got to get this internship, this internship, three months at a time. You know, you dedicate all your life to a certain internship. Well, shadowing can be just as valuable because when you shadow someone, you can gain knowledge and things that you wouldn't normally pick up in an internship because when you're in an internship, you're playing one role. And when you're shadowing someone, you're seeing all the different roles from you know, either a mentor or the person in a position that you want to be in one day. And I think that they, that cannot be stressed enough. Uh, we need to look at shadowing more as another option um, that goes parallel to internships. Definitely. It's, it's such a value just to be able to observe and watch. And you don't have to have a bullet line that says, you know, I did this and reduced the company's, you know, expenses by 25%. I mean, you're not supposed to be able to do that. You're supposed to 
take it in and learn and absorb and say, I want to be able to do that. This is how I'm going to do it. And at the end of the day, one thing that they said that I loved was thinking about what service they're providing in the end. Are they delivering something that they care about? And is the work that they put in pushing them towards being able to provide this in the best way that they can? And is it worth it? Versus you're not always going to enjoy the step-by-step, the day-to-day. But if you know that you're doing it for the right reasons and you have a purpose behind it, it's beautiful. And that was something that they told extremely well. That's right. So this next story took place on our second day driving. And we are driving through Utah. We just left Zion National Park and Bryce Canyon, which are two very incredible places. If you haven't seen them yet, definitely go down there. If you ever get the chance to go visit those national parks, they're incredible. So we got kind of a late start on our way to Colorado. We were gonna stay that next night, well, that night in Denver. And so it was kind of a long drive. It was about, I don't know, nine hour drive from Zion to Denver. And it's nighttime and we're, we're driving through Eastern Utah. And for those who don't know, Eastern Utah is one of the most rural places I in the United States probably. Um, no exits, no um, light, uh, nothing, just absolutely nothing on the interstate. And I look down, I'm driving and it's late, it's probably about 11 p.m. And I, and I see on my gas tank that I have 100 miles left. Well, with 100 miles, you think, okay, well, I got plenty of time to get gas. So I, you know, I know I'm in a rural area and I start looking out for exits to get gas. And I'm driving, I don't see any exits. I look down at my gas meter, it says 75 miles. I'm like, okay, I got some time. I'm still looking for exits for gas. Still find no gas, I'm at 50 miles left. And I'm a little concerned and I I tell Clayton, I said, hey, I don't know where there's a gas station and we're almost out of gas. We have 50 miles left, which sounds like a lot, but considering I've been looking since we've had a hundred miles left to go in the tank, I don't think that's good news. So she starts Googling around and uh, trying to find the nearest gas station. And she comes across a gas station that's like, it, it was like 55 miles away, but in the other direction. And so that's just not even a question, but when she was Googling it, pictures popped up for the search result and that gas station in particular that was closed it was also closed it wouldn't have done us any good sold i ran out of gas t-shirts in eastern utah like it's some sort of sick joke like they're like ha ha everyone is going to run out of gas at some point and so whenever you get towed at this gas station you should buy a shirt like like you're at an amusement park or something i didn't find that very amusing i was like i was kind of getting nervous because our cell phone service was going in and out. And if we ran out of gas, we'd kind of be screwed. There's no light. So it's like almost midnight at this point. And we decided to call OnStar because what else do you do? I had no idea what else to do at this point. You know, cell phone service is spotty. So I call OnStar and I didn't know at the time that Clayton actually recorded the conversation I had with the OnStar lady. And that, uh, the audio will be put into this recording as well, so you'll get to hear a glimpse of that. But I had no idea that was going on. And you could just hear that I'm kind of nervous in my voice. And I, I start, I start uh, nervous eating. I'm, I'm eating these uh, combos. And I, I'm, I'm nervous eating. I don't know what's going to happen. But anyway, I am going to let you listen to the recording now. And 
see what you think. Hope y'all are a little bit entertained. I really don't know what's gonna happen. I want to get pulled over right now. At least you're a AAA member, but it doesn't matter. Because we can't call him. It's not on service. You are. This is like the beginning to a murder mystery podcast. Except we're not the hosts. We're the topic. So 50, we need 51 miles and we're at 42. I'm going to go ahead and bring it down a notch. I see lights. Kind of. So yeah, I hate to be the uh, bearer of bad news, but those are other vehicles. I've never run out of gas in my entire life. Wait, it's, oh, it's 40 minutes away. 40 That's, miles. That's, oh. That looks small on the map. It's not. It's not. I ran out of gas. That's the nearest gas station, though. Like, it actually is. No, what to do? Wait, let's call OnStar. Connecting to OnStar. Oh, Randy's service is closed. That's good to know. I'm glad we didn't take that route. This call may be recorded for quality purposes. Thank you for calling OnStar. This is Deja speaking. How may I assist you today? Doing well, how are you? Actually, I'm not doing well. <laughs> I lied. Um, I actually, I just need directions to the nearest gas station. Because I, I'm at like 39 miles left on the tank, and it's been a long time, and I haven't seen a gas station in a long time. So I was just wondering what, what was going to happen. I, I don't know. I'll just see if you had any ideas. Okay, um, I'm located in the nearest gas station, and I do uh, apologize that, that your night oh, is going. Okay, <laughs> okay. Um, so I I've located the nearest gas station. Um, however, it's like <laughs> it's not Randy. Sir. Randy's, <laughs> Randy Services is closed. Yeah, and Randy Services <laughs> is it Randy Services? It is it's closed. Yeah. yeah, and they sell I ran out of gas T-shirts. <laughs> Didn't make me too happy. <laughs> Okay, I do apologize for that. No, you're sir. fine. Um, um, I guess I guess I'll have to call you back and get a tow truck. I don't know. Um, no, um, do you, let me see. It seems you guys um have do have roadside assistance. Would you like for me to call roadside assistance for you? I hope you enjoyed that recording. I thought it was hilarious the first time I listened to it. Had no idea that you know she was recording. Uh, but we ended up making it, so we decided to gamble a little bit. And while we were at that rest area where we pulled off and called OnStar and AAA, um, you know, we saw how many miles we had. It was like 65 miles left to the nearest gas station. And I had like 45 miles or so left in the tank. And I decide, you know what, let's just gamble. I start looking up maps on, we had cell phone service in this little area that we pulled off. And so I started looking up like the, the topography of Eastern Utah to see if the next part of the ride is downhill or not. And if it's downhill, I'm going to set it on cruise control, you know, and I'm going to go, you know, 59 and a 75 with my hazard lights on if someone comes out behind me so they don't hit me. And we decided to gamble and we basically rolled into the gas station on E because when I filled up with gas, we ended up making it to Green River, Utah. And when I filled up with gas, we have less than half a tank left. And it's it's kind of a miracle that we got there safely. And and that's just the, the second day of the entire trip. And we're already running into, we're already having stories like that and having to, you know, make do with what we have to get by. <laughs> anyway, that's all for me. 
This episode's mentorship segment is with an alumni of the UMKC graduate program. Her name is Sarah, and this is what she had to say to the future workforce. I think the biggest advice I would give to students coming into the job market right now would be to stay open. Um, staying open to opportunities that maybe aren't exactly what you had in mind, but are out there waiting for you to take advantage of them. Learning how to laugh at yourself is really important. It's a great skill set to have. Um, not taking life too seriously and always being willing to learn. Learning doesn't stop when you leave school. Learning should be a lifelong endeavor. And so just because you're finished with your master's program or your undergraduate program, whatever that is, keeping the mindset that life is an adventure that we're going to learn from. And if we're not learning, then we're not growing. Um, also, instead of just looking for a job, maybe looking for life experiences and opportunities that really enhance who you're going to be as a human being in this world, and then also um, can really help you develop the skills that you would need in a job market as well. Don't be afraid to fail. Failure is your best friend. Fail fast, you learn more, and you learn faster what works and what doesn't, so don't be afraid to fail. Probably important that people get a very good understanding of who they are, because a lot of times the world wants to tell us who we are, but until we understand who we are and the gifts that we bring to the table, we're not gonna be able to play our deck of cards as well. Hey guys, this is Julia here. I'm the third member of the NFP Adventure Road Trip Team. And if you've checked out our website at all, you might know me as the freeloader. I really hope that you guys enjoyed today's episode and talking with Tariq and Fatima. I came away from that interview just feeling so inspired by the way that they use their life experiences so early on to really shape their direction and their pathway and how it's led them to find their purpose that they're relentlessly pursuing now in medicine. Um, I also really hope that you enjoyed everything that Sarah had to say to us. She brought such an amazing energy to the room and to the interview, and I loved everything that she said about always being open to opportunities, even if they might seem a little less conventional or untraditional, and always being open to learning more and having new learning experiences. Um, really just overall the importance of being open and how that can lead you to really amazing opportunities and pathways. Um, I also hope you enjoyed Taylor's story about almost breaking down in Utah. That was before I joined the journey, but I know I got a good kick out of that story, so I hope some of you did as well. So stay tuned for next week's episodes and our episodes for the rest of the month of October, where you'll be hearing a lot of inspiration and motivation and some good nuggets of wisdom, especially for us entering the working force soon and deciding what our pathway is going to be. And for a few funny stories, like how I became the freeloader and um, other fun adventures that we had along the way. So I hope you guys have an amazing weekend, and we'll talk to you next week.